What's up, everyone? My name is B, and you are listening to the Brand Eye Podcast. This podcast talks about navigating our 20-somethings, the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of our journeys, and learning to embrace every part of your story, because your life is your brand, and so many people would benefit from just seeing you live authentically. No one has all of the answers. We're all trying to figure it out. This week, using our love languages in our relationship with ourselves. Something I've been taught, especially that's been talked about or that is talked about within my religion is loving others as I love myself. And that's like the cardinal rule within Christianity. But my mom would ask me a question that has stuck with me. And it's, does someone really want the love that you're giving to yourself? My immediate answer was no, absolutely not. Because what I was giving myself, the treatment that I was giving myself was far from love. It was more, it was like the opposite of self-love. I would always judge myself. I never wanted to be alone. I didn't know how to be alone. I didn't think that I was good enough. And sometimes I still don't think I'm good enough. Imposter syndrome is very real. And also, I would think that if I didn't do things in the way that others wanted me to do them, then I wouldn't be worth receiving any love. I was a really big people pleaser and it was rooted in the anxiety around whether I would be accepted just for who I was. I used to laugh at the idea of love languages and roll my eyes. One of my cousins years ago was telling me about how crucial understanding her and her partner's love language was to the success of the relationship. And internally, I definitely made a huge eye roll because I'm like, that's just a bunch of leh. If you love or care some or care about someone, then you all are going to do the work to make it work. However, the more that I've just grown and experienced life, I've learned that that's not necessarily true. It is very beneficial to learn about love languages. And I think about the relationships that I've been in, romantic and platonic, and I think about how helpful it would have been in some of the more tumultuous relationships had we had an understanding of our love languages. So then I think about as I've just gone through a journey of learning about myself and just growing through life because there are different circumstances that have caused me to take a step back and understand, wow, why do I feel this way or why are these some of my habits? And it really started when I was going through a grieving process of having lost two people in my life. And I kept telling myself, I feel horrible. I don't want to get out of bed. I feel spiritually and emotionally raggedy. So 
what I am going to do for myself because I know that whatever I'm doing, like by laying in bed and crying and keeping it all in, it's not helping me in this moment. So I'm going to seek out help. I'm going to work on myself spiritually and emotionally and even physically because I know that the most disappointing thing would be me coming out of this low place, this valley, and then feeling like I look raggedy (laughs) because then I felt like, okay, I'm going to have to go on another journey of self-love. But then when I thought about it and looked even deeper, I realized that they're all interconnected. You can't really love yourself physically without loving yourself emotionally or spiritually. You have to take a holistic approach. So I thought about what can I do? And so I found a personal trainer. I found a nutrition coach. I found a therapist. I found a spiritual counselor. I worked with a sleep therapist because I wasn't getting sleep. And I really just attacked it all. (laughs) But what I learned and what I'm still learning is despite the fact that I'm not in a relationship, love language is still so important because I have to understand my love language and how I can provide and tend to the needs that I have personally. And what I found is when we talk about self-love in society, I don't always think that that's really love. And I think that body positivity is so important and Splurging on yourself is so important and going the extra mile is so important. However, at what cost? So one thing that would get me in trouble is, you know, I would be like, well, I love myself and I deserve a treat. So I'm going to go to Portillo's and get a cheeseburger, a lemonade because I love their lemonade and then some cheese fries. And that's me loving myself. And I had to come to the realization that no, that's not necessarily self-love. That might be the opposite. Because if I loved myself, I would understand what my body needed. And I wouldn't try to eat my emotions away or my rewards wouldn't solely be food or something to put in my stomach. And I'm not saying that I should just never eat Portillo's. However, a better decision may have been, you know, if I really wanted to go to Portillo's, finding balance. Being that parent to myself that my parents no longer have to be to me because I'm a little older. So I don't have someone telling me, well, maybe you should eat your vegetables today. However, that is self-love. So I looked at what are, what's my love language and the biggest one was quality time. I found that really interesting because I just retook the test prior to recording this episode. And I've taken it before, I think maybe a month and a half ago. And the results were similar, but they did change a little bit. However, quality time was the number one love language for me. 
And I found that so interesting because quality time, I do not give myself quality time. I usually run from having to spend time with myself because usually that means I have to experience emotions that are less desirable. I don't want to call them bad emotions, but I have to experience what I'm actually feeling. And oftentimes I feel sadness or oftentimes, you know, I may feel anger or just the different stages of grief I go through. And sitting with that means that that would mean that I'm sitting, sitting with myself would mean that I'm sitting with those emotions. And that can be a scary feeling because I often say, I don't know what will come of me sitting with my emotions. I don't know how deep into my emotions I'll go and will I be able to come back out? Will I be able to come out? And yes, every time I do, I feel a lot better. But what I've noticed is quality time is so important to me. And I noticed that I don't necessarily spend time with myself because the quality time that I actually needed didn't seem as glamorous as what I was taught self-love is. And that's similar to relationships with others. In healthy relationships, quality time does not always mean the fun, mushy, gushy, fluffy stuff, but it also means tending to each other's needs and spending that time with one another, getting to know each other. So I've been working on not sweeping that desire under the rug or overlooking it, rather honoring that emotion, honoring that desire and tending to it. And sometimes tending to it means going on a walk in complete silence. Sometimes it means working out without any music. And other times it means just sitting there and letting my emotions run freely That's what quality time with myself looks like, and it helps with healing. It helps with growth. It helps with creativity. It helps with so much. While it's much easier for me to drown out that need for quality time with myself, it isn't as beneficial. Binging my TV shows instead of sitting and getting to know myself and what I'm feeling is not as beneficial or constantly having music playing is not beneficial because for me personally, it doesn't allow me to sit with my thoughts and nurture them and it doesn't allow me to take sacred pause. So now even when I get in the car sometimes, I don't automatically connect to my Bluetooth. Other times if I'm on a road trip, I don't always play music. And I don't always call people to keep me company while I'm on the road. Rather, I sit and wait and just honor the fact that I just need time with myself. And self-care is not always going to go get a massage or going to get a manicure or pedicure. It's not always finding a way to numb the pain, but sometimes it's leaning into the pain. I will also acknowledge that self-love and self-care don't always mean that you're taking on the really hard things alone because sometimes we need to lean in with support. There are some things that we may not have the tools to be able to just jump right into. And jumping right in can also be just as detrimental as not doing anything at all. 
the most important thing is that you're tending to your needs in your relationship with self. A blogger named Joyce Martyr shared some ways in which you can honor your love language with yourself. So for those who have the love language of quality time, so she shared that for words of affirmation, she shares that you should think self-love, acts of service, do self-love, receiving gifts, absorb self-love, quality time, present with self-love, and for physical, feeling self-love. An example that comes to mind is recently I had something pretty tragic happen And prior to my therapy session, my therapist had asked me, what ways can you practice self-care prior to our session? And I instantly went into fix-it mode. I was trying to find activities that would take my mind off of it, workout classes, anything that would make me feel happier. And during the session, she brought to my attention that Instead of just sitting with it and not trying to make myself happy, it might be better for me to just spend time with myself and nurture my emotions and acknowledge what happened. And that is an example of being present with self-love because my love language is quality time. And instead of just trying to numb the pain or gloss over it or get rid of those emotions... It was better for me and healthier for me to sit with those emotions and be present for myself because that's really what I needed in that season of my life, in my own life, in my relationship with myself. So that just goes to show, huh, love languages aren't only applicable to those that we're in relationships with and that may be common knowledge to a lot of people, but it's not something that's been common knowledge to me. And learning how to truly practice that has been a journey in itself. It's been a learning experience because practicing self-love has required and also cultivated accountability. I used to think that the only way I could hold myself accountable was by just punishing myself. And by punishing, I mean talking down. Or for example, when I taught myself how to rollerblade, I intentionally did not buy pads or knee pads and elbow pads because I said, you know what? If one wrong fall is all it's going to take. If I have one wrong fall... Without those pads, I bet you I'll never make that fall again. (laughs) And I had way more than one wrong fall. But that logic was so flawed because when I would look at my body, I would see all of these bruises, cuts, and, you know, I was always really bloody. And there were some days where I couldn't walk too well or, you know, I was just in an immense amount of pain. Then I realized, huh. I don't know that that's healthy. I can still learn efficiently without putting myself through pain. Why is it that I feel that I don't need to take the necessary steps to protect myself 
so that I can teach myself a lesson. And that's not the only time that I've done that. I've done it outside of rollerblading too. I put myself in situations so that I can learn a lot faster. Or if I've done something to let myself down or I feel frustrated, I have put myself in vulnerable situations and not the good kind of vulnerable, but the kind that leave me vulnerable to hurt, harm, and danger. And that's not what self-love is. Because had I really valued and honored my body, then I would have taken the necessary steps to protect my body while learning something great. So it was almost as if I looked at, well, I'm practicing self-care by learning a new hobby that I've always wanted to learn. But on the flip side, I wasn't practicing self-love in that moment because I had decided that I needed to have some kind of disciplinary system in order to learn. It took the fun out of it because always being bruised up and bleeding, that wasn't fun. And I tried to convince myself it was fun, but it wasn't fun. So I encourage you to think about what are areas in your life that you could practice self-care? What are your love languages and how can you implement those in your relationship with yourself? Another great example that Joyce shared was if your love language is receiving gifts and you want to absorb self-love, you can practice that by buying only what you love, being mindful about what you're investing in and why you're investing in it. And that is so meaningful because how often do we buy or splurge with intention? My sister always tells me, you'll know that you really want it if you're still thinking about it after 72 hours. That's a rule I try to use because usually after the 72 hours, I've forgotten about the item or I'm too lazy to go back and get it, which generally means, did I really love it? Did I really want it that bad? Or did I feel like spending money? Then that just leads to this cycle, this continuous cycle where I'm frustrated because I feel like I have so much junk or I feel really bad about what I bought and I'm down on myself about spending money and just buying frivolous and meaningless things where this can actually mitigate that. No matter what your love language is, utilizing love languages in your relationship with self requires balance and patience and it's not going to be a perfect journey. It is going to require baby steps too. It will also take lots of grace and love during this process, self-love, because it's going to take time. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to look perfect right away, but baby steps. All that matters is each moment you decide to choose yourself in a more meaningful way. You decide to honor your love languages and implement those in your relationship with self. I have convinced some of my friends to go on this journey with me and look at how can we be more intentional about implementing self-love in our day-to-day lives and our love languages in our day-to-day lives and our relationships 
with ourselves. So I'm excited that I have a community and of people that are eager to learn to do this and as eager as I am because that'll help with holding myself accountable. But if this is something that you're doing and that you're interested in, please keep me updated. I want to know how it's going for you, what's working, what's not working, because I find that it's really comforting to be able to have conversations with people who are on similar journeys or experiencing similar challenges. So always feel free to reach out. I want to hear how you're doing on this journey. You can hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram name is Brandy Effium. I hope to hear from you and thank you so much for tuning in.